Today we are looking at justice. This is going to be a discussion again, not so much a lesson. So, just so we have something to go on, I put the definition of justice up there. The maintenance or administration of what is just, especially by the impartial adjustment of conflicting claims or the assignment of merited rewards or punishment. Administration of law, especially establishment or determination of rights according to the rules of law or equity, and so on and so forth. That's Merriam-Webster. So, justice. Are we looking for justice or are we looking for fairness? Do we mix them up? Mm -hmm. I think people do. What do we think? Mm -hmm. This is where you guys need to start talking or we'll be done in like five minutes. <laughs> We'll grove here for dinner and then you're in trouble. <laughs> like the worldly definition of justice gets mixed up with fairness. Okay. Uh, take our job as as an example. Someone hurts somebody, we expect them to do a certain amount of time or something like that. Or this person killed someone, we're expecting this person to not even live their life either. You know what I mean? Oh, that's um, shame. I don't know. Yeah. Well, how many times do we do our job and we feel that we're just in what we've done? Like you've done a wrong and I'm now enforcing the law. And the first thing out of their mouth is, well, this isn't fair. Because in their mind, whatever they have done, you know, they've actually thought it through. They've somehow thought it through and figured out that, okay, what I'm doing is maybe, maybe right. And then we come in and say, well, no, that's not right. That's actually against the law. They're like, well, that's not fair. And it's like, but then they, they get what makes matched all the time. So Jack Hibbs is quoted as saying, never underestimate man's ability to rationalize his own actions. Absolutely. You give us enough time and you can be really bad and we'll find a way to say, this is why I did it. I had to do it. And it's like, well, Especially when you're listening to Oprah and her truth. Or your truth. Everybody I don't know how you have your truth. Right. I am so sorry. If you have your truth, then you can have your justice. It is eye for an eye justice or fairness? It's Old Testament. <laughs> I'm saying, but is that referring to... Example. It would be... It would be justice. Okay. I mean, in the true sense, if you take somebody's eye out, then you lose one. In in the process, you will stop wanting to put other people's eyes out. Because mm. you'll either run out of yours, or you won't want to go without depth perception. I feel like justice is very concrete, and fairness is very fluid. No? Yeah. Everything can be fluid. This is like very stressed on people's uh, definition of fairness is different. Right. You know, what I may seem being fair, may, you may not believe that that's fair. I think that's a good point. Um, I think justice places responsibility upon the responsible party. Whereas in fairness, that's where it gets great, right? So we don't always know what responsibility we take in situations. So it's easy for that to get convoluted, I think. Mm. Okay. Well, let's take a look at this. How are we treated by others? 
justly, fairly? I think it depends on the situation. Okay. Do we skew it on our side or do we step outside and try and see it from their side? Naturally, your first feeling or emotion is going to be that things are un like that you skew it to your side, that it's unfair. Mm -hmm. My situation is unfair because of this, this, and this. No matter if like mentally you know, or even in your heart, you know that life's not fair, but the situation or whatever you're going through is not fair to you. Okay. Anyone else? Um, I think how someone chooses to treat you is a projection of their experiences or their circumstance. And then we take that in and we look at it through our, our own lens. So we're all informed by our experiences. So someone could treat me poorly based on, you know, however they justify it. And then me in that situation, I could separate myself from and be like, oh, that's just their thing. Or if I'm taking it personally, I could look at it a different way. Mm. So really, I think what ends up happening is this. It just all gets sort of mixed up together. Okay. Any other thoughts? How are we treated by God? Bad things happen. I hear a bunch of people always say, my God wouldn't do that. My God wouldn't do this or that. How do we explain that to people? I'm a just man, I guess. How so? Kind of like, uh, that's just the way there's a lesson behind it. So it may not seem fair, but there's that lesson or maybe not punishment, but uh, his way of redirecting. Yeah. yeah. And getting you to get back onto the right track. It may not seem fair, but at the end. Part of the bigger plan. Exactly. Okay. How can think as Christians, we shouldn't really want what we earn by fairness or just justice because we all be condemned to hell. Right. Because we are all sinned, and that's ultimately the price you pay, if not for Christ going to the cross. So that would be I fair. Think, yeah, that would be fair, and it would be just. Right. But by the grace of God and his mercy, you know, he sent his son to pay that price for us. So that's when I deal with people, I'm like, well, that's not fair, or or it's not just, or whatever. I try to I try to keep that in mind, because I understand how people think, oh, I lost my infant child. How is that fair? I was a good mother good father we were providing and then or someone who struggles with infertility and can't have children and then all of a sudden you have someone who you know can have children every other month it seems like they're constantly having kids but they don't want their kids right. so i you know i've seen like a lot of people have been really upset by that so but again we're treated much better in my opinion we're treated way better than what we deserve any other thoughts Sometimes when you're talking to people, yeah. like you mentioned, especially people that lose their children and stuff like that, maybe saying, why would God let me do this or uh, allow this to happen? I have to come back to remember that my favorite book, it's not supposed to be this way because it's not. He had a relationship with Adam and Eve in a garden. Mm -hmm. There was no sin in the world, you know. Man fell and uh, we brought it into the world through, through Adam. 
but also when you look at you know terrible things that happen you know i lost my child this life is but a twinkle of an eye a fraction of a second and eternity it's nothing it's absolutely nothing it means nothing i mean it, does, it means everything but it's, it, you can't even calculate it and uh so when, like paul said to be away is with christ to be here is with christ it's, it's better to be away but it's it's nothing in eternity so try to remember that okay how do we treat others? I think sometimes we, we think that we are going to be the instrument of justice. I find, at least in my profession, there are... Speak up a little bit. That, that, how many times do we say, well, we should just do this, because that might be the only justice that they get. Who are you to, who are you to even be that instrument? Who are you to even make that decision or that justification? Uh, it's not upon you to be the gatekeeper of this during this time. You, you are just a vessel. You are just the servants. Yeah, you, you're the one that was serving the community at the time of this. But you did they, when you swore to the your your oath. Did you say and you would you would invoke justice if and however you felt needed? You know, <laughs> deem you know no. But yet, you, we see it all the time. You're looking around, or you, just the court system or something. Oh, the courts aren't going to give anything. So we might just we might just invoke our own justice because we know nothing will happen and it will just keep going on. Well, that's not your... It's, it's not your... So. Josh? <laughs> Anyone else? I mean, I know sometimes I may be... I might fall victim to this. I, seeing this is... I think sometimes treating people fair may not be what God is expecting of us. Because I feel like treating someone fair isn't may not be good enough, if that makes sense. Spout. So like if someone's treating me bad, someone from the outside probably say, well that's fair that he's treating them bad too. That's he's treat they're he's being treated bad by this person. It's okay for him to treat that person bad. But that's not, that's not how it should be. Someone's going to treat me bad. I should probably just treat them with even more love and respect. Mm. Not fall victim to just, okay, well, it's fair for me to just treat them like crap because they're treating me like crap. So and That's out of the Old Testament. <clears throat> yeah. He who hates you, greet, meet with kindness and you will heap hot coals upon his soul. Is your like uh, killing them? Is your, your stuff? Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. I can, I can see myself. There's been times I'm on a call. I mean, I use work a lot uh, as an example. I've been on a call once and someone's doing all this and that. And it's just like, okay, you, you know, put you back here. We'll go here. I'm not, don't ask me for any extra favors. No, you can't get a phone. No, you're not getting a phone number for you. It's fair. It's me. If someone's looking out, oh, that's fair because, you know, he treated him like this. But that's not. I should probably be more you know, willing to just, maybe they're going through it. You know, this is their situation. They're upset. Okay. But are they going to worry about when you're going through something? Yeah. I think that's part of why, to me, being fair is just probably just not good enough. I mean, it sounds good. We should all, you know, treat people, for, you know, that's fair. Like, life is, but like, like someone said earlier, life isn't fair. So... 
no one's going to treat me the same. I feel like in a lot of situations, no, no one's ever treating me the same way or feeling the same way about things that I'm feeling about these things. Mm. But that's not, the purpose isn't to, you know, get that. Satisfaction. That satisfaction from them, maybe. Because satisfaction for myself of knowing that, you know what, I'm doing the, this good because I felt like it, not because I'm expecting for them to treat me better. Now, do people think sometimes when we're honest, but it's not exactly what they're used to hearing, that we're not being fair or nice? I think if they can't be truthful with themselves and they're not taking responsibility responsibility for their actions, then they're not going to see that it's fair. They're going to take their truth and look at it as unfair because they're not in a place mentally to understand what they're doing is wrong. Well, it does talk about if you, a brother sinned against you, go to your brother. If that doesn't resolve it, take someone with you, then take them to the church the third time around. So I think that... Um, and what comes after that? Leave them. Yeah. Church discipline. Cast them out of the church. Yes, yeah. So, but if you're going, if, if Travis wronged me and he's my brother in Christ and I come to him and I'm very like poking him in the chest and yelling at him, that's not going to make it better. If you go to your brother or sister in Christ in a loving manner, then if they got the right heart attitude, they should be wanting to work that out because otherwise they're just, it's like digging their own hole deep, even deeper. Yeah. But if you look at it, like somebody that's addicted to stuff. You know, they're going, if you're coming at it in any which way, it doesn't matter some of the time. Yeah. They, until they're ready to give that up. It doesn't matter if you come in it right. lovingly or not, or coming at and I'm poking them. If they're not mentally ready for that and willing to accept that, then it doesn't matter. Yes, you can do the right thing and not get the response you're yeah. wanting. And that's, unfortunately, obviously we don't have that control, but. Right. I think that's what a lot of today's problem is, is not taking that accountability yeah. in most of the issues that are in today's world. Yeah, everyone wants it to be fair. That's not fair, so I'm just going to do the bare minimum. My wife is treating me like this. I'm just going to, you know, mosey on here, and I'm not going to care about other people's feelings. I'm not going to look out for others. I'm not going to do the right thing. You know, I'm not getting something from it. I'm not getting anything from it, so I'm not going to... You know. It's like that, not the natural order. So if life is not fair, um, and we want to create systems of justice or even fairness, like I mean, even if we want to create something that has that, doesn't that have to begin with the choices that we make? You know, it can't. It's not just going to materialize. It's not just going to happen for us. <laughs> Firsthand experience this year that life is. Really unfair. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I can take. Sorry, miss my dad today. I can take an unfair experience and um, use it to create something else. Um, you know, accountability for me in a weird way, which in some way does feel like justice, is checking up on people I care about and creating connections with people in a world that feels unfair and, quite frankly, a little unjust, too. So, sorry for crying. That's really embarrassing. No, you're right. 
So you're talking about Matthew 18. That's that's where that came up. The key that I don't think why it doesn't seem to work is because we don't we don't go to each other. We go to him and then to him and then to her and then to her sure. and then back to him and then we'll come back and talk to you after we've rallied our troops. <laughs> and that's not what it says. And then we go, well, I did what it said. Well, ish. And ish doesn't tend to work well. Or you go to the person that you want to hear the right answer from. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then when you like their answer, then that's the one you're going to go with. Yeah, that becomes almost like the last five Validation. Be like, well, they said it, so it's got to be. Right. They, it has to be true. Well, these days you ask five people, you get six answers. <laughs> All right. How do we treat God? Poorly. Mm. So? Um, I feel resentful. Mm -hmm. Truly. Yeah. Full disclosure, if God exists, I'm pissed off. Okay. Dismissive sometimes. Like if I, I know <laughs> if, you, if, if I do something and I know that I probably shouldn't do it, then I just go, well, I'll just Mm -hmm. You know, okay, just not just kind of put it we'll out. Talk about it later. Put it out of sight, or I mean, and I, I would say, I hate to say, but or some people will just be, well, I'll just, I'll pray for forgiveness. So like you're gonna dismiss the person that created you. This being, you know, like the, this perfect person. You're gonna, you're gonna just be so dismissive that you're, well, I'll just go and ask for forgiveness later. Like I'm doing what I'm doing right now. I'll live in the world and I'll be of the world and I'll do what I do, and then I'll just ask for forgiveness later and it'll be okay. Put the blame elsewhere, you know, like I'm human. That's you know, oh gosh, yeah, I make mistakes. I'm supposed to make mistakes, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, do we ever look at the other side when bad things happen? Do we ever blame the other side? I remember one of the other uh studies we had here, and you said something, you said. Everyone's always like, "What God? Why me?" But no one ever says, "Satan, why? You know, why is Satan doing this to me? Why is Satan, you know, ha has me feeling like this?" So, like lots of them are always quick to blame God and not blame the other side as far as that energy and you know why a room can be filled with so much good energy and then something will happen and then it's like what? And now the whole vibe is messed up and it's just a a plan. And then we'll go back later and be like, you know. Why God? We had a good covenant group, and then this happened. You know. Yeah. So, his favorite book of the Bible was Job. I know. And and Job actually is the curtain pulled back. Mm -hmm. And everybody's blaming Job for doing bad things because God did this to him, and God didn't do any of it to him. And yet, his own wife walks up to him at the end of the day and says, "Curse God and die." I think you're muted. You're not going to do anything no. for her. No, that one's muted. Uh, yeah, because otherwise you can think of it at all. So any thoughts on that? Well, how do you know? And I mean, how can you differentiate what's God's will or what what's not? I mean, it's all God's plan. But when when should he cast? <laughs> when can we point fingers at the devil and be like, "Oh, it's got to be the devil"? Or you know, like, how do you differentiate? You know, how can you even? How can you even weigh that? Like how oh this this problem it's gotta be the devil, but this one has got to be something. You know, like 
where do you draw the line or where, how does that work? I honestly don't ever think of that. I would look and try to discern the character behind it. So if I am living a lifestyle that is completely opposed to God, and something happens to me, then we see in the Old Testament that, yeah, he smacks them a little bit to get their attention. But we don't see him going and just randomly hurting people who are following us. And so, you know, Job had sores, illness, family members die, wealth losses. You name it, it hit him, and it generally hit him within a very short time period. And everybody was blaming God. And yet God did none of it. So I think Job, yeah. You're not. Noah was doing all those terrible things to Job. The thing about that story that messes me up is God suggested it to Satan. He's like, hey, Job, have you considered, uh, he said, hey, Satan, have you considered Job, my servant? That is hard. But if he can do the guy who did everything right, loses everything, but God was the one that suggested Job to Satan. So Satan was the one doing that. That's can you kind of talk on that? So the entire argument between those two has nothing to do with us. We are pawns in the play. Satan wants God's glory. God, in Job's case, pointed out somebody who he knew would not turn from him. We know nothing about his kids. We know that Job would make sacrifices for his kids uh, every day in case they had sinned. The testing of Job is all about the glory of God. And when we look at the New Testament, we can see some criteria in that. So the apostles, when they're beaten in the temple in the book of Acts, they don't say, we know that Satan's coming against them. We know that Peter was to be sifted as wheat. Satan was there doing that. But God knew he would come back. God knows what we can take. He knows what will drive us. And so when Job didn't, he actually was rewarded twice as much as he had before. And the glory fell away from Satan. And essentially, when Job did sort of say, hey, I'm, I'm this and that, God, when he showed up, kind of, threw Job under the bus and was like, well, where, where were you? You're asking me this. Where were you when I did this, this, and this, and this? And how can you do this, this, and this, and this? So don't, you know, you want to follow me, follow me. But trust me at the same time. Um, he definitely puts Job in his place, which is my favorite chapters of Job 40, 40, 42. But that's just, like, I just feel bad for his wife, too. She lost all her kids. Everyone wants to rip on Job's wife, but if that was me and I lost all my children, I mean, that would be hard. I would probably be like, what the heck is going on? Because we see it reading it because it's teaching us, but they had no idea what was going on. So, I don't know, that's a tough one, but Job definitely stayed strong, even though God had to give him the what palette to remind him who he was. So, go back to what Adam said. This life, if you're going to believe in any form of purgatory, I guess this life is it. 
this life determines where we go when this one ends. This life is just kind of a conduit. It will determine what you have in either place you go. If you're worse, you go a little deeper into the lake of fire. If you're better, yeah, you tread you tread the flames a little higher. Uh, same thing in heaven. There are rewards that some people will get that others will not get. Heaven is not going to be equal. It's not like you're going to show up and the thief that was on the cross is going to be walking around at the top equal with, with Paul. Not going to happen. He's just not going to have jealousy. So if we are professing that we believe God created everything and all things happen for his good and that he does things for our good, then we have to open our eyes and say, how could this happen for my good? And if your focus is on how it affects this life, you may not find your answers. Because everything is about getting you where you need to be in the next life and driving you to get people to go to the next life. And so sometimes I think that's where we lose sight. And when you're talking about, you know, if there's a God, that's that's a leap that you're you're not going to have to looking to the other side. You know, but we both know he had it. Thank you. He did. He did. No, thank you. Questions on that? Thoughts? Did I explain your... She's not. I think it's also like I'm driving, being grocery shopping. No, that was really good because you're right. I forget that. I always want to look at temporal perspectives, and I have to remember we have to look through life through the eyes of eternity. So that you answered that really well. Okay. Any other thoughts? Let me ask you this question. If you married or were friends with yourself, you married yourself, and then you are God, would you stay with you, being as faithful as you are to God? Probably. I think everybody's answer is no. Oh, you marry you again? It's like no. That just shows that shows his patient. I feel like everybody's answer. Yeah, everybody's answer should be no, except Jesus. Because even if you were to think like, oh, I've been, you know, it's just it's just. Do you think yes? Then I feel like you are. <laughs> fooling yourself. It's like just like breaking up, get back together, break up, get back together. So just like if you at any point in time think, man, I've been doing really good for like this last month, and you think about that on this plane, like my life right now, I'm doing really good. But then you're like, yeah, but think about like everything else. And you're like, yeah, like never mind. <laughs> like it's just, it's just so so like oh, I've been doing so good for for a month, and it's like, well, what about uh like when you go, you know, you know, heaven and like. You know, in, in the eyes of the Lord, it's like, oh yeah, that it's about, like, that. about that. Like it's it doesn't even Sorry. register. Sorry, <laughs> oops. So oh. let's look at. I I am trying, and I can't for the life of me remember the net guy's name, but it's one of the prophets, and he's told to go and marry a harlot, which is a prostitute. Right. So he goes and marries a prostitute. Think of, it's Hosea. Hosea, there it is. Yep. So Hosea goes and marries a prostitute. A little while later, she leaves. 
She goes back on the street. And God's like, yeah, she represents Israel. You represent me. This is how I feel. Mm. Like, you keep turning and going to other gods, and you keep turning your back to me. Now go find her. So he goes and he finds her, and she's being sold to somebody. Uh-oh. Yeah. And Hosea not only has to reclaim his wife, but he has to pay for her. Oh, wow. So... God is willing to pay for us again and again and again. But we also have the freedom of choice, and so he has to let us run again and again and again. Why would he give us the freedom of choice? And I've prayed about that, like, okay, I, I don't want freedom of choice. I'm done with this. I don't have good choice. No. But... If you can make somebody love you, is it the same as somebody actually loving you? Not genuinely. It's not. Well, it's force. It's almost like, yes. you know, why does, why does God give us free choice? Because if we choose to love him, it's our choice to love him. And it's our choice to have that relationship. Yeah. If it's like Kim Jong-un, yeah, I want this. I want this all the time. Yes, every day. But in all actuality, it's like, nope, I don't want this at all. Lenny. Uh, yep, that's both. Thank you. Hey, what's all over your face? Cage. Okay. All right. Any other thoughts on that one? It's not dirt. Sorry. Okay. So who has the authority to determine what is just on earth? The courts. Our power, the powers that are... With our powers combined. Well, it's like what we talked about, how... how our, <laughs> our, you know, like our president and our the people of authority are... Are okay, yes. So who gives them their authority? God. Okay. So then here comes the question. Well, we should we should want true and fair and free elections, <laughs> even if it was stolen. Can we say he's not our president? No. And here's what it's based on. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Romans 13.1 What that means, essentially, is JT didn't become a policeman. You didn't become a policeman. I didn't become a policeman or test. We didn't get our rank. It was appointed. Right. And with an appointment comes a responsibility and an expectation. Yeah. You were moved. You didn't get your job. I'm looking at why. He's saying, don't pray for patience. Yes. She never said pray for it. Yes. She made that mistake many times. So, when you were talking about fairness and how you treat people at home, I'm going to pull up the rest of this one. So, we have Romans 13. We're going to pull up 1 through 5. I believe that should catch up everything, and it should put it up on the screen. Here we go. Romans 13, 1 through 5. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted or appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. 
for rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? We got a one man band. Then do what is good, and you will receive approval from the same. For he is God's servant for good. Now, here's here's where we need to pay attention because this is not what people talk about today. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. And then it goes into pay your taxes. <laughs> pay your taxes. Okay. So when you say turn the other cheek, if you're working the street and somebody hits you, God's not asking you to turn the other cheek. God is asking you to take care of what you need to take care of. If somebody's trying to hurt somebody else, he's not asking you to tell them, please stop. I'm going to rebuke you now. Yes. No, he's telling you. Same thing military. Same thing. Defend your household. There's a verse in there. I don't remember it off the top of my head, but he who does not defend his household is less than an unbeliever. Somebody tries to come in your house and do something, you don't just sit there. Now keep in mind, there is a little gray area there when it comes to martyrdom. If you're being attacked for your faith, you will know whether or not you're supposed to take it. But in your profession, no. Does that make sense? Questions on that? Thoughts? I want to circle way back. Yeah. Okay, so I'm just going to use Biden. Biden's our president. He's appointed, right? God says you must love him. False. He did not say that. He didn't say pray for him. If we believe that he's been appointed or put there for some reason, back to JT's point from earlier, how do we differentiate? Is this because this was the path that we're supposed to be on right now and we just can't see it? Or has evil intercepted and put him there? So now you're looking at micro and macro prophecy. So if you're looking large scale, the way the nations move, it's what he said is going to happen is going to happen. What did he say is going to happen? The U.S. is going to fall from power. The U.S. can't. Can't be in power. Um, so he knows some. He does. So if you see uh, Obama, Obama fast-forwarded a lot of stuff in prophecy. Okay? But had Biden or Hillary been elected, we would have probably went in a different direction. So here comes Trump. The absolute biggest mistake in political history across the world, if you ask the world push. And he pushed us. We thought Obama hit fast forward. Well, Trump hit fast forward about four times in where we're supposed to be. The embassy moved to Israel, all sorts of stuff. Now, here comes Biden. The man doesn't even know where he is, and yet he's leading what is known as the free world. Okay? The Easter Bunny comes, he looks terrified and flees. Um, he called the Pope an African-American baseball player. See? 
What do you mean, Mark? Oh, I saw that somewhere. He literally called, he said, and you are the famous African-American baseball player, and you are. And then some woman comes up speaking Italian, and she's like, he just called you an African-American athlete. Like, and then the, the, so. He also finished his speech and turned around and tried to shake somebody's hand, and nobody was there. Again, once again, the U.N. is a laughing stop. Does anybody fear us right now? Our military is still the best in the world. We could crush absolutely almost everybody at the same time. Yes. Scared of us because he's the one that's leading them. It's the point. Right. Donald Trump sat in the chair and everybody was like, eh. I know people who went to Egypt for tours and they were like, there were armed Humvees and or Jeeps in front and in back. And they were like, we want nothing to happen to Americans. We have good relationships with America. We don't want to take off. And it wasn't America. It was Donald Trump. Because the man didn't start a single war, but nobody, nobody knew what so, he was yeah. going to do. The man's dropping Moabs in Afghanistan just to say he can. So, you know, there was mean tweets, but basically world peace as close as you're going to get. Now you have leading from behind... And the whole world's essentially, the dictators have come out of their holes. But why is this important? Well, the Ukraine war is hugely important. We're looking at the energy crisis. The energy crisis is, and keep in mind, Putin is not moving his high-tech gear into Ukraine. He has not moved any of it other than a couple trucks of electronic warfare. His high-end stuff has not gone to Ukraine. It's still going to Syria. So all of his objectives have nothing to do with Ukraine. He probably never intended to take all of Ukraine. He made it look like he wanted all of Ukraine, and now he backs up, and nobody's throwing a fit that he's only taking these little pieces because we're saving Kiev. Actually, pretty smart. But all of his high-end stuff, even though his stuff's being blown out of the sky left and right, he doesn't care because he has enough. The Russians don't build nice stuff. They just build a lot of crap and send it at you to overwhelm you. All their nice stuff's down in, in Syria. So now we're looking at Russia, Iran, Turkey, Sudan, Libya, Uzbekistan, even uh, Turkmenistan troops are there. We are looking at what Ezekiel said 2,600 years ago. The first time in history, sitting right on the precipice. And energy is at the very center of it. Israel's dwelling in peace and safety, but all of a sudden Netanyahu falls from power. And now they got this. Naftali Bennett is an absolute... He's about right up there with, with Biden. He only The only difference is that he knows where he is. But he's essentially their Obama. And people would be asking, well, why, why is this happening? Well, because Israel can't be strong to get invaded. So the prophetic things in the Bible are still 100% right. None of them have failed. And so we're seeing all of this stuff come. So when you think the world's falling apart, it's falling into place. Now, that's the macro. On the micro level, you still get to make your own choices. Um, you know, Satan himself is not coming after any of us. We don't rank that high, but Joe Biden, he has a heck of a grip on him. That man has lost his mind. He's playing with those nations, the head of nations, Russia, Iran, 
Erdogan in Turkey, Russia, or uh, Israel, the U.S., China. He's probably bouncing around all those places, leading things in, in ways that he thinks is possibly going to win. And his Hail Mary that he keeps trying is to remove the Jews. If he can kill all the Jews, Jesus can't come back. Yes. You just said Satan isn't going to come after any of us if we're not important enough. You say all the time we're under attack. Yes. So Satan himself, he is one entity. He has an army. Principalities and powers are ranks. So we are probably, well, there's an, a demon assigned to Iran. There's a demon assigned to U.S. And then there's demons assigned to sections of the U.S. And sections of... Gotcha. Okay. Thank you. There you go. No problem. Questions? Thoughts? Did I explain your... Who? I don't know. You they can't win. The glory. I don't know. You said... They won't worship. And they're actually going to with Satan and his army. They want worship. And they're going to get it. That's called the tribulation period. Because the Holy Spirit will back away. It won't disappear, but it will turn aside and basically let things happen. You can so basically what you explain, Travis, most churches don't even know that. Pastors aren't even telling their people that, that we are on the brink of Ezekiel 38. Just the fact that you told this little Bible study, we are privileged because this is happening in front of everybody and nobody is noticing any of it, which is soon. I talk to my clients all day long and they're like, they're Christian. And they're like, what war in Ezekiel? And it's just a blessing you're even talking about it. Because I usually get people with like deer in the headlights. They're like, wait, what? And because nobody's teaching what those ancient nations were in those prophecies. Everyone's scared to teach prophecy, which is a deception in itself, which tells us we're in end times. Well, if we don't teach prophecy, we won't know how close we are. If we think we have all this time, then we won't feel an urgency. If if you think you have all the time in the world, you're not going to tell people about Jesus. Mm -hmm. I don't talk to your dad nearly every day for four years. For the first six months, the conversations were much different. <laughs> After that, he didn't expect to live till tomorrow, most of the time. So every day was a gift, and he was excited to be able to talk to people. But he expected to go and wanted to go. Now, did he want to go in that way? No. He wanted to go in the way we all wanted to go, with the ejection seat, known as the rapture. But, you know, he doesn't get to... That's not what I was getting from that. Sorry. It's a joke in our family. The hazard button isn't a hazard button. It's an eject button. So if someone in the car is annoying you, you just hit it. So if you ever see anyone in my family driving down the road with their hazards on... Somebody is annoyed. Wait, someone's been <laughs> annoyed. That's what I think of. There you go. <laughs> Thursday. I actually mess with you and turn on all things. And if I just piss you off. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So what sort of authority do we have as Christians? If, if we are Christians, what sort of authority do we have? Not just, you know, police, because I, I generally somebody in this group brings something up from work. So that's one that I know that one pretty well. It hung in my SWAT locker. And irritated a lot of people for years. Romans 13, 1 through 5. Not do that. Right. Every now and then I'm quiet. And that's <laughs> people. What was your question again? 
I don't remember. Oh yeah, what authority do we have? What authority do we have as Christians here? It doesn't have to do with your job. We have authority over our own behavior and our choices. Okay. I mean, that's what I tell my kids is that they have the choice to make. I mean, they can make whatever choice they want, but they need to own their choice and be ready for whatever consequences. And I say consequences, but it might be a good thing or a bad thing. But you need to own that and you better not waver from the choice that you decided to make. Okay. Let's look what he what he told the disciples. These are, he when he commissioned the twelve, he said, called them together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and heal every kind of disease and illness. We look at Acts and they're doing all sorts of miracles. And then you're like, well, we don't see a bunch of miracles now. Well, the odds were stacked heavily against them. And so they were spreading using the miracles not to glorify themselves, but to show people the truth, just like Jesus. Uh, Ananias and Sapphira, they sinned against the Holy Spirit in lying, not in keeping back the money. So they sold their home, and they said they were going to give all the money to the church. And they said, we've given you all the money. And they were like, are you sure it's all of it? Yep. Well, they hadn't. And it wasn't a sin to keep the money back. No one told them they had to give it all, but they professed that they had. And he drops dead. So some guys come in, they carry him out, and in comes his wife. Did you give us all the money? Yes. Are, are you sure? Yes. Well, and everybody in the camp is terrified of Peter, because I think he killed him. Peter didn't touch anybody. Go back to the Old Testament. People started dying when they did bad things. Uh, Aaron's two sons decided they were just going to light up some incense and swing it around on their own, and they caught on fire and died. And God told Aaron, don't be mad. They didn't do what they were told. So... Dad told my kids on their okay. unit. <laughs> How dare you burn the... But you're looking, at, you're looking at a different time frame, a different season. Do we still have that power? Yeah. yeah. We're also in what's known as the dispensation of grace, which is why you don't see a fire falling from heaven on San Francisco. Let's look at this. Jesus told them, I tell you the truth. If you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. So the things he did, you could do more. You can even say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. Matthew 21, 21. Seeing had the same power right now to, like, what the disciples had? You have the same spirit. Yeah, but they were, like, they were drunk dead in front of them. Yeah. And they were, like, making people, like, I didn't think we had the same authority. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have the same abilities. It doesn't mean that God is going to act the same way. So their power is in the Holy Spirit doing something to glorify God. Does that make sense? So they, they were starting the church. They were bringing in converts. They were doing things like speaking in tongues so everybody could understand. As you look through Acts, you'll actually see the miracles start to fade off. The power is still there. It's just God is still giving people free choice. Seeing a bunch of miracles happen is very convincing. But you go back to Lazarus and the rich man, and he says, send the dead to tell them the truth. And they're like, yeah, if they don't believe the prophets, they're not going to believe the dead. 
So as you, you get this following, as the church is growing exponentially, it's now got to be based on the word. Blessed are those who did not see me and had faith. So now we're getting further away. He's saying, you, you have more understanding. You have more people to go and tell people, to reason with them and tell them, I don't need to be shooting stars across and opening the, the ground and making water pour out of rocks. And, but all that's coming back in the tribulation. What we have is probably, could be even more convincing, and that is somebody wrote something down about the movement of the nations and geopolitical structures 2,600 years ago when none of this even existed, and it's reading more current than your newspaper. All we have to do with all of our technology is essentially test him. Call him a liar and test him. And if you prove him wrong, you will have more money than Elon Musk times 12. Because you have disproved the Bible. Find one thing in it and disprove it within the context of its original language. And you will have more money than anybody in the world has ever even known what to do with. Pretty much everybody who tries ends up a believer. Luke 17, 6. If you had the faith of even a small mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, may you be uprooted and planted in the sea and it would obey you. Anybody know what a mulberry tree is? They got like a root ball beneath them and then just like fingers that don't even go more than 24 inches down or yeah, 24 inches down on the ground. But it's kind of the whole, if I'm wider, I'm stronger. You're not lifting it except with like a backhoe. And he's saying, just say to this thing and it, it'll, it'll pop up and go. That kind of speaks to how much faith we actually have. You know, there's times I go, I'm like, I'm, I'm doing good. And then all of a sudden you forget everything and you're like something's going bad and you're focused on that and not on anything else and then your power disappears or every time you choose yourself over the will of god you're separating it essentially what you're doing every time we know what we're supposed to do and we just willfully say like you said eh, i'll ask for forgiveness later you're saying okay i am god Or you read something in the Bible and you're like, eh, that's not my God. Well, he's like, okay, then I'm not your God. There's another God. Apparently you are God. Go create your own stuff. I'm going to do this in my life. Mm -hmm. Or that doesn't apply to me. Once you start doing that, you're shredding your ability to have that power. They didn't have the power until they watched the guy come back to life. Then they had to wait 70 days for the Holy Spirit to fall on them. And then all of a sudden... Well, they're running around hiding. How many of us have that that big of a change in thoughts and dedication to where, okay, you can beat me, and I'll just say I'm glad that I am seen as willing and, and worthy to be beaten for his name. I get in trouble, and I'm like, really? <laughs> ah! <laughs> I mean, we get defensive. and Yeah. What about worldly justice? Apparently, in South Africa, when they want to test new bullets, they take sex offenders. Those who've been convicted of sex offender, they take them out in the field and they shoot them. They say, oh, that's what the bullet does. Steal something in Saudi Arabia, you're going to have a nub. What? You lie, I cut out your tongue. We'd have a lot of people humming around here in the U.S. <laughs> because keep in mind, it sounds 
to hold people to our standards sounds nice, but what happens when the world's standards turn around and they no longer want you to be a Christian? And now you're the enemy. Feel like people can you can overstep quite easily trying to be trying to have worldly justice. You know, the Crusades. God willed it, and so they did atrocities. And as long as they said God willed it, then it was fine. And once again, it probably wasn't God behind the will. Probably not. <laughs> but that was. But how you know how imperfect are we that it might even start out faith based or something, and then all of a sudden, you know, over time, it's like, wait a minute, it started like this, and now we're here, and. What happened? Well, we're, we've all fallen short, and we're creating a plan, and we'll not inherently fall short. So, why are we even trying? When people take over positions of power, at first they generally start off at one place, and then they have this entitlement as if it's theirs. Mm. And then then they become very defensive of what they have. Hold on to it. This is mine. Anybody ever seen that? You kind of left that, didn't you? Sure did. So, I mean, that's a megalomaniac. Not an exaggeration either. I mean, I all the time think, in the grand scheme of the world, what I do is not really matters to ninety nine point nine percent of the world, right. and they could care less. Mm -hmm. It means absolutely nothing to them. A title is a title. It's just a responsibility. People in your higher end professions a lot of times lose that. You know, kind of what you're sits at the end of essentially 22nd Street and says that I am the be all end all. <laughs> and he checks people's eyes. A lot of doctors. Yeah. Keep in mind, our salvation is based on the most unjust ruling in history. Oh. So if you truly want justice, you wouldn't have salvation. Unjust things do sometimes have a good outcome. I never thought about it like I never thought about the crucifixion like that. But just in saying, I was like, wait a minute. I don't think I don't think this guy did anything wrong. Oh, but y'all want me to kill him? Okay, fine. And off they went. And it's like, wait a minute. That's that's worldly justice right there. No, that's positional saving his blood. Well, yeah. Keep in mind, we are told that the world will give itself over to the Antichrist. And that's where he will be worshipped. That's what he wants. That's the direction we're going. Not to the Christ, but to the Antichrist. So when you look at it and you say it's not supposed to be this way, it wasn't. But he told us it was going to be that way. And then comes the Great Reset. The Great Reset? Known as the second coming. He resets some things. He did it. He did it in Genesis 6. The flood. And then he said, I won't do it again. Justice depends on where you are. It's like we said. Go to Afghanistan. And although you, you could be doing nice things for people, they will still kill you because you are not Muslim. You could even be Muslim. They're still killing each other. They got bombs going off left and right at each other now that they got rid of the Americans. And everybody thinks Iran hates Israel more than anybody. They don't. They don't. Israel and the U.S. are like, the U.S. is number two only because they have to go through us to get to them. 
with the guy in the White House that might be flipping. But their number one is Saudi Arabia. They would take out Saudi Arabia before they would take out Israel in a heartbeat. The only reason they want to take out Israel first is because they believe that that is what is needed to create the world chaos to bring back their 13th Mahdi, which is essentially in the Bible, the Antichrist. But they want, some of them think he's going to hop out of a well in Tehran, others think he's coming out of a cave in Afghanistan. Either way, they want Israel out of the way. And that goes back to Satan's, if I can get rid of Israel, Jesus can't come back. And that's true. And the Ezekiel 38-39 road is his attempt at a massive invasion and is an epic failure. But Iran would nuke Saudi Arabia first because their arguments over Islam take priority. Thoughts, comments, questions, concerns? Anybody want to say the closing prayer? All right. All right. <laughs> Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time to come together. We thank you for your word, and we thank you for changing our perspective on things and resetting us. We thank you for showing us that although sometimes we are not happy about what's going on, although we are, we would ask you why in the world you would allow such things to happen, that our faith rests in you have a reason for every everything that happens. You have a season coming that will be better than anything. Everything is a prep. You don't do random. We ask that you would give us the faith to see what you are doing, to see in your word what is coming, not so that we can tell others and, and seem smart, but so that when it happens, we can point it out. And as it's approaching, we can point it out to show the reliability of your word and, and your truth, and that you do see all time at once. We thank you and we ask you to bless us and send us on our way peacefully and safely. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Yeah. Yeah.